it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hello and welcome to Feeling Blue on the Block M Podcast Network. We are here with you on Tuesday night, September 19th, headed into Wednesday, September 20th. Non-conference season is in the books and we head to a new chapter, kicking off Big Ten play at the Big House this Saturday. Luke Yardy here along with you and Tyler Seeley as well. And We've got a lot to get to uh, going back to Saturday night. Uh, didn't look great, but maybe it was a little better than it looked. We'll, we'll see what our thoughts here on it. We'll also take a look ahead to, to Rutgers coming in this weekend to kick off Big Ten play. Tyler, what's going on? How you doing here tonight? I'm doing a lot better than, than that performance on Saturday night. I'll tell you that right now. But uh, good. Get excited for Big Ten play to start. I think uh, the the preseason, if you will, is now over and, and we can uh, look ahead to the Big Ten schedule. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's gone by quick. Three games in the books 
uh, already. The good news is, is that we're we're back to normal. Jim Harbaugh will be on the sidelines on Saturday, which is uh, which is certainly going to be a welcome sight. Glad everyone got wins uh, added to their records. You know, um, be, between uh, Minter and Sharon Moore and Jay Harbaugh and Mike Hart, glad glad they all got wins under their belts and officially on their record. But I'm ready for uh, hopefully the, this team to to be kind of back to normal coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines. Um, it, I think there's going to be a fire that burns within him that that you know I don't think a lot of people have seen. You know, he loves the coach, and uh, I'm sure he he'll be happy to be out of the house and and not having to mow the grass and and doing all that good stuff, eating McDonald's, having some Panera bread with with uh, Sharon Moore there. So I think I think it'll be a good thing not having to go to his son's game and and you know doing the doing the chains. I'm excited for that, um, and I'm sure he is as well. So uh, he he said as much. He's excited to be back. So you know things are back to normal. So Michigan 31 to six over Bowling Green d- didn't quite feel like like a 25 point win. Obviously, didn't come close to odds makers' expectations. Michigan was a 40 and a half point favorite uh going into the game. Michigan actually finishes 0-3 ATS uh in in the non-conference slate, but definitely felt almost like a, a sleepwalkish uh performance here, Tyler. And they started off great, right? That first drive was amazing. It was a great first run of the game. Blake Corum uh getting loose with it. Uh huge run to to kick things off. He ends up scoring the touchdown to cap off the drive. Um and then you know Michigan they get a stop on Bowling Green, get the ball back and they're moving right down the field again. They're even, you know, uh putting Donovan Edwards taking snaps in the Wildcat, kind of just playing with their food and then JJ McCarthy, uh it, it looked like actually kind of a a bad route uh, that was ran by uh, Barner and, you know, ultimately JJ McCarthy throws his first interception of the season. And then things got weird from there, man. Uh, Michigan just never feel like they got back in a, in a rhythm really all night on Saturday. No. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not a clean performance. Um, Not the, perf- I, I would have expected them to have this kind of performance, maybe against Rutgers, maybe the first, first quarter, first half against Rutgers, Maybe maybe first game of Big Ten play, Jim Harbaugh back a little bit too amped up, but no, it came a uh, came a week earlier. I think I think frankly they're a little bored with this team these these teams. I think they're they've they're kind of saving some of the bullets for for Rutgers. I think la- where last year they kind of blew everybody out, and you know they struggled a little bit against what was it Maryland last year. So. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give them excuses. I, I think there there is plenty there to keep them busy in terms of of getting back on track. But I think Jim Harbaugh in his press conference said some said as much uh, that that they need to they have a lot to look forward to, uh, and that this is still a good football team. And I I do agree with them. I think this is still a very good football team. Um, but they do have a lot to work on. You can't turn the football over like that, especially with the new rules, man. You know, you can turn turn the ball over three, four times, and, you know, all of a sudden you're looking, it's 21 to seven late in the fourth quarter, and, and you're not going to get, you're not going to have a lot of time to get the ball back. Or, God forbid, you're down three scores. You might have more talent. You might have a, a ability to score quick, but I'll tell you what, man, the clock leads dry uh, with these new rules, which I hate, and I'm sure you do as well. I'm not going to speak for you, but 
They're terrible. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I I don't like it, but it is what it is. You got to still find a way uh, to to get victories, and we've seen a lot of teams be able to dominate, uh, kind of the way Michigan hasn't early on in the season. Now, Jim Harbaugh kind of touched on that actually on his, on his weekly presser, saying that uh, he thinks there was too much pressure to to blow teams out and win by forty. All he wants to do is is get the win and stay healthy, and that's been Michigan's mantra. Right. Uh, they they haven't played the starters in the fourth quarter yet this season, even even on Saturday. Um, th- there is certainly a concern. I don't think we have necessarily a backup quarterback on this team. Uh, that That's something maybe a, a different discussion to, to have here because the backups, uh, the backup offensive unit hasn't scored a single point in three uh, games against very inferior opponents. I, I don't think that is necessarily a, a great thing. And we're hoping, you know, if JJ goes down, the ship goes down is what it seems like right now. But the good news I think that we saw on Saturday, Tyler, is the run game finally started getting going a little bit, right? We 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 saw the first couple of weeks. Sometimes it was getting stifled, but we really got it going. Blocked well up front. Blake Corum with the ripper 54-yard run to, to just kick off the game. But even if you take that away, Blake Corum averaged about five and a half yards a carry. Uh, Donovan Edwards uh, averaged a little over five and a half yards a carry. Finally seeing those guys going and and being efficient and being productive, that was a, a great sign to see. Now, obviously, the, the reason Michigan didn't cover the spread and win this game by over 40 was because we saw J.J. McCarthy's worst game of the season, maybe the worst game he, he's played in a Michigan uniform. He went 8-13, 143 yards, still two touchdowns, uh, but three interceptions. Now, you know, the first one, might not necessarily blame on it was it was a little bit on him but but on Barner as well for for kind of going a little too deep in the end zone bringing his man uh probably would have had Roman Wilson wide open had he stopped where where he should have but the other two uh second one just a bad decision right he had Roman Wilson uh open for a touchdown and just a really bad decision to throw to the backside post uh yep. on that one and then uh obviously the third interception was just torrent just throw that ball away that that was all JJ McCarthy and uh, honestly uh, got lucky with one on, on the flea flicker, right? Cornelius Johnson made a great play to, to kind of take it away from the defender. Could have been one touchdown to four interceptions at the end of the day. But all in all, I think J.J. is going to learn from it, uh, which is great. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh said something today that I really agree with, and I'm glad that he said it. Uh, he doesn't want J.J. to lose that gunslinger mentality. And he, he said he's seen the mistake made where, Coaches break the stallion uh, was Jim Harbaugh's quote. And he doesn't want to do that to J.J. McCarthy. And I don't think you can. If you want to be a national title contender, it's it's going to be J.J. McCarthy that brings you that. Right. And, and you know what? I'll tell you what. You know, J.J. is one of those guys that he looked very frustrated. But you know what? That, I feel like that was a good thing. I feel like it, not having Jim Harbaugh there is the calming presence to be able to say, hey, J.J., forget about that first interception. He kind of let it snowball a little bit. I feel like when Jim Harbaugh is on the sidelines, that's not going to happen. Um, obviously, some bad decisions, but I feel like if if he kind of calms down a little bit, instead of getting real frustrated, I think he may have thrown his helmet. It looked like he may have. Um, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh, you know, comes to him and it's like, JJ, chill out a little bit here. You're, you're very good quarterback. We all know that 
just hit the open guy. And I think he forced it a little bit too much in that game where before I think he was taking the underneath shots to the guys that were wide open, you know, taking the safe check downs where I think he was trying to be a little bit more aggressive gunslinger. You can't, I'll tell you what, you can't do that against Nebraska. And I don't think he will do that against Nebraska or against Rutgers or anything like that. But I think this is probably his worst game of the year. And it's good that he got it out against Bowling Green and not at Penn state or at Nebraska, or God forbid, at Minnesota, he did it early in the non-conference, or late in the non-conference, and, um, you know, not a great game, but you know what, they still won 31-6, to so you'll take it, right? And at the end of the day, man, defense just continues to impress, doesn't it? Yes. I, I mean, uh, you, you, talk, you go take a look at the drive chart, because, like, kind of in the game, you're wondering – what what's going on you know what i'm saying but really they only had one decent drive if you if you go look at the drive chart uh in that first half they had uh, i'm counting three drives go over 10 yards two went over 20 uh in that first half now they got the field goal the 12 play 62 yard drive that one you're like what in the world to make it seven to three uh but they got their second field goal off the interception uh that went four plays for nine yards and and they completely shut them down in the third quarter they had what they had the chris jenkins interception one play zero (laughs) yards very first play from scrimmage there uh they fumbled on a two play one yard drive they had a three play four yard drive that resulted in a punt and a three play one yard drive that resulted in a punt that was their third third quarter uh and you know ultimately the defense just looks so strong man uh, got to see a, a little more pressure the d linemen uh the the d tackles i should say oh my god between chris jenkins kenneth grant and camp good i mean they they got some interior guys there they just need to get a consistent edge rush to go along with them and man it is it is going to be tough to to score on this michigan team when they're fully healthy and they get will johnson and rod moore back there fully healthy yeah that and that and that's the key are you going to get will johnson back it sounds like will johnson could play uh, in the Rutgers game, Rod Moore could be a little bit longer, but you just hope it's not in a Kai Hill Green situation where right. it's like he's close, he's close, and then he never you never see him again. So and then the kid transfers. So um yeah, I mean it'll be good to see them at full strength. They've been unbelievable at not at full strength or not even close to at full strength. But uh yeah, it was good to see Bakari Page play again. Uh, I think he had what 39 snaps. So, and he had a pretty good uh, PFF grade as well. So that was good. Keon Sab continues to impress. I mean, you know, 45 snaps. He played the bulk of them, a 76.8 PFF grade, uh, 27 pass plays and eight, 18 run plays. So he was out there all night long. And I'll tell you what, when all these guys come back and get healthy, he's still going to be in, in, in the, in the secondary. So I like what I've seen from Keon Sab. I like what I've seen from Josh Wallace as well. I think he'll be the second corner. He, we'll he got back. he got absolutely cooked on that one in the first half, though. It should have been a bowling green touchdown. I, he did. I was like, oof. He did, but I will say one thing. In college football, especially with, with the offenses, how good they are nowadays, you probably shouldn't get torched against Bowling Green. But you're going to get torched every once in a while. So I'm okay with it. Obviously, you hope it doesn't happen in a big situation down at Penn State or, you know, at home yeah. against Ohio State later in the season. But um, overall, the defense, 
altogether it's looked damn good. I'd like to see a little bit more pressure from the edge position. You kind of alluded to it a little bit. Jalen Harrell, I think, is probably the guy that that you're going to be relying on. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Derek Moore is another guy, Braden McGregor. So we'll see what happens in terms of the edge position. Um, but I, overall I've liked what I've seen from the defense. I was glad to see, uh, Chris Jenkins with the interception. I was really hoping you would get in there, but, uh, yeah. Overall, what a great, and, and that, that showed like, like, look, Chris Jenkins, obviously he's the freak, you know, that's, that's what people like to call him, but he, he showed, he showed his football IQ there, right? Like he, he you know, when, when, they, when teams set up those screens and you see it all the time, right? I mean, they think these guys are so good. They think they beat that offensive lineman that bad when the offensive lineman let him go. And Chris Jenkins, he, he just alerted something was not right there, sank back, made a great play. And Michigan needed that play. That oh, was did. a huge play in that game, right? Because Michigan's up 14 to six at halftime. It is a one possession game, and Bowling Green is getting the football. And all of a sudden, you get that pick, and you set your team up first and goal at the two-yard line, and Bowling Green's not stopping Blake Corum from there. It gets into the end zone. And then everything kind of, I think, settled in for Michigan in that third quarter. That's why they outscored Bowling Green 17 to nothing. Um, everything was like, okay, we can, we can take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. But ultimately, Chris Jenkins made a huge play right there because it was a one-possession game at the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah, again, like I said, that that was a huge player. You're absolutely right. I was hoping he got in, but, you know, big boy touchdowns, you don't see him too often. So when you get a chance to see him, you're really rooting for them to happen. But I will say one thing. There's the top four struggled. Alabama struggled. I was actually at the, the Florida State Boston College game that was a, a one point final. Yeah. So, um, you know. It's, it happens to everybody, and I'll tell you what, it was just one of those Saturdays that the slate was not very good at all. Uh, you just knew that there was going to be a chance that somebody was going to get upset. Um, but, you know, and, and Tennessee ended up being that team. So, But it's just like you're going to have those games. You just hope that they're not against, you know, opponents that, that have a chance to beat you, and thankfully Bowling Green was not one of those teams. I mean, you you just have to go take a look at some of. The, I, I mean, it happens to just about everyone, man. I that that two thousand Miami Hurricane squad, you know, they had a battle with Louisiana Tech that they won forty two to thirty one that year. It's it, it happens. It's college football, man. It does. You, you know, I, I mean, it it just that's the that's the way that it goes. Sometimes is you know, it's not always going to be pretty. I mean, you look at the old one Miami Hurricanes, probably the best college football team in in history. They beat Boston College eighteen to seven. You know, in in what was a a bit of an absolute battle that they shouldn't have been in, but but they were, and that's you know, especially if you're in Michigan shoes and. This is your third straight inferior opponent that you really don't have much of a chance of losing against. Like it, it totally un- makes sense why they they're they've kind of slept walk and they haven't had their leader on the sidelines to go along with it. Just they probably hasn't felt like a real football game to them quite yet. But the issue is you don't even ease into it here in into Big Ten plays. We'll get into Rutgers uh, here shortly, Tyler. But my concern is. I, I think it's real hard for a team to to just be able to flip a switch. Like you hear that all the time, right? Oh, can this team flip a switch? I don't think it's necessarily a thing. 
but I don't think Michigan necessarily needs to either. They just haven't put together a full game offensively. When the run game's been shut down, J.J. McCarthy's been absolutely unreal uh, against ECU and UNLV. But the run game got going a little bit. Things should have been a little easier for J.J. McCarthy. Uh, and then they weren't necessarily. I also think pass protection looked worse than it than it did in the yeah, in the first two first two games. Yeah, I agree. I thought the offensive line struggled with pass protection early in the game. I think they figured it out later as the game went on. When Miles Hinton came out and Carson Barnhart came in, I feel like that was that was key. It actually started to look like it came together uh, with him and Keegan next to each other. It felt like it was. It was kind of like some continuity. It felt like they they were a little bit more comfortable. JJ had a little bit more time in the pocket, but I'll tell you one thing right now: JJ took a couple of hits in that game that just was like, you 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 can't do that as the offensive line. You yep. have to protect that guy at all costs. And um, the one thing that that the last two offensive lines have done in twenty one and twenty two has protected the quarterback and and allowed the running backs and given them these big 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 holes. Uh, going back to Hassan Haskins. So uh, that's, that's to me, uh, a huge part. I, is the offensive line just not as good as we thought it was? That's one thing that starts to come to mind a little bit. But you know what? Last year, they dominated in the non-conference. They struggled a little bit with Rutgers. I think it was a one-score game late in, the th- or late in the third quarter or something like that, and then they kind of put it away. So, but going back to what you were saying just quickly about the O1 Miami and struggling, you don't even have to go back that far. The last two Big Ten champion Michigan teams, they had a battle down at, at out at Nebraska, right? They had a one score game out at Nebraska, and it took mm-hmm. uh, what was it, a fumble at the end on Adrian Martinez, and In then last yeah. year, yes, exactly. And then last year you had a one score game late with Illinois when Blake Corum went down. So it happens. They fight through it, and let's just see what it looks like against Rutgers. Yeah, my point was just to point out, you know, maybe the greatest college football team of all time was even in a battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no uh, doubt. It is what it is. Michigan slept, walked through the non-conference. I I think they were a little bored, to to be quite honest with you, but doesn't mean I'm not concerned, right? Like, I I mean, well... I'm a little less concerned actually now because because that game seemed like it just sucked uh, on the surface. But I saw a tweet the other day that Michigan had the second most dominating performance of the week in terms of net success rate. And they were second only to Texas A&M beating up on Louisiana Monroe. So while the scoreboard didn't indicate, it's just Michigan's dominating offensively and dominating defensively. They just got to take care of the damn football, man you know, and, and convert a little bit on, on some of these fourth downs that they didn't convert on in the first couple of games. And and we're probably thinking about this team completely differently. And the non-conference looks probably just like uh, the, the non-conference of the last two years. So ultimately, I, I'm still confident, though I, I don't know if I'm as confident as I was in in the beginning of the season. But the good news is, no one really looks that good, right? I mean, yeah, Washington looked fantastic, but you take a look at the net success right there, and it, it probably wasn't nearly as dominant against Michigan State as that score indicates. But, I mean, look, the, Texas struggled here this week. Georgia was down 14-3 to at halftime. Alabama was tied at halftime with USF and was in an absolute war with them, right? So, I mean, ultimately, look, teams are struggling across the country. Michigan... Still, I mean, I I hate to put this out there, but 
this is probably going to be, and I hope they, they can figure it out because this is probably going to be Tyler Michigan's best chance to win a national championship in the rest of our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to say that. I, I'd like to think I live a long time, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, this is, this is a very good team. It's a very talented team. This team will figure it out. And with Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines, I think, I think, that will calm everybody down a little bit going into Rutgers here. Well, if you're looking for some fresh Michigan Wolverines apparel, and if you plan on going to the game this weekend in Ann Arbor when Rutgers comes to town, head over to Graduate Ann Arbor Hotel on East Huron Street and check out the Home Field Apparel pop-up shop. They're going to be there from 4 to 8 p.m. coming up on Friday and then 7 a.m. until noon on Saturday. It's a two-day-only pop-up shop featuring exclusive discounts, free gifts, and of course that fresh Michigan football merchandise from our favorite apparel brand based out of the Midwest. Don't wait because after the event is over Saturday, you won't be able to get this exclusive merchandise anywhere else ever again. It's going to be a collector's item. One more time, Friday to four from 4 to 8 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. until noon at the Graduate Ann Arbor Hotel. It's located at East Huron Street in downtown Ann Arbor. And if you won't be in Ann Arbor this weekend and are still looking for some of that comfortable, officially licensed gear, be sure to check out Homefield Apparel online at homefieldapparel.com. So let's take a look at what we've got coming in uh, here this weekend with Michigan taking on Rutgers. And I'll tell you what, Tyler, this, uh, th- this Rutgers team playing a little better football. Uh, I think then many of us expected them to be playing coming in here because uh, they've taken on two power five teams uh, in their first three games. They have dominated beat up on North. I mean, not a good Northwestern team, but again, we, we have to make this relative to who Michigan has played as well. Michigan has not played a good football team yet this, uh, yet this year either. So Rutgers dominated Northwestern. 24-7, dominated Temple 36-7, and dominated Virginia Tech 35-16. I Look, Greg Schiano's got this team playing pretty good, man. I don't know if it's going to be much of a pushover uh, coming up here this week. You know, Michigan obviously going to be heavy favorites, uh, but but they're going to. I think they're going to have to play a little better than they have the first three weeks uh, to, to go out there and win comfortably uh, here this week. Oh, I agree 100%. They're definitely going to have to play a lot cleaner. They're definitely going to have to... Um, get the run game going because we've talked about this before is Rutgers going to be that team that that doesn't just stack the box are they going to play you straight up and if they stop the run there then <laughs> where where are you going to go now from there so uh, that's a concern of mine are they more talented than Michigan probably not but well, I, I don't I don't think there's I don't think you have to qualify that with the probably they're they're not more talented the, <laughs> the, than Michigan, but that doesn't necessarily we just talked about it. That doesn't necessarily mean nope. a whole lot, you know, no, exactly. And, you know, with Rutgers being a three and O team coming into the big house, it's kind of similar to Maryland last year. I think Maryland was three and O coming into the big house with all those receivers and Talia talking about yeah. and stuff like that. And they gave you everything you can handle. So um, this will be a good test for Michigan. Obviously not to the to the degree of uh, Penn State or someone like that. But this is a good test for Michigan. I think it'll be a, a game where Michigan's really going to have to, I don't think, I know they're going to have to take care of the football. Uh, and I, I really think they will. I think Blake Horm has a really big game. Well, the interesting thing is, is this Rutgers defense, 
uh, is kind of going to be their strength. Uh, this, this is a defense that allowed only 16 to Virginia Tech, seven to Temple, seven to Northwestern. Uh, I, I just saw it. Michigan ranks number two in the country uh, in stop right here this year. Rutgers ranks fourth. So this is this is probably going to be a bigger battle, uh, you know, that, than you might think. Take a look at the total if you're a gambling person uh, and, and see if that under feels right to you, you know, because I, you know, Michigan has been able to move the ball rather easily uh, over the first three weeks. You, you take a look at success rate, and Michigan's one of the top teams in the country there. But like we talked about last week, Tyler, Michigan, and it wasn't necessarily as much uh, in the Bowling Green game, but Michigan's gotten themselves in, into some third and sixes and third and sevens. And I'll tell you one thing, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot harder to convert those third and sixes and third and sevens uh, against Rutgers this week than it was against ECU, UNLV, or BGSU. No doubt. And and the window of, of timing that J.J. is going to have is going to be a little bit shorter as well. Um, because yeah, the offensive line is still trying to get on the same page and Rutgers is going to bring a little bit, a lot more of a pass rush than Bowling Green, UNLV or Eastern Carolina, East Carolina. And with all due respect to those teams, uh, they're, they're going to bring some pressure and, and you're going to have to get that ball out quickly. So hopefully JJ can find those receivers. Hopefully those receivers can get open for a split second. You can just hit those guys in stride. Um, I'd like to see some shots. You still really haven't seen much of that this year to kind of take the top off the defense a little bit. So I'm interested to see what happens uh, in those cases, but yeah, they're they're definitely going to need to um, protect JJ a lot more. So. And then on the other side of the football, I I think it's going to be paramount in in turning Gavin Wimsett into a passer uh, Mm -hmm. here this week. You know, he didn't have to do that against Virginia Tech. Went only 7 of 16 for 46 yards uh, and a touchdown. Against Temple, threw for 198 yards and a touchdown. Northwestern, 163 yards and a touchdown. So he hasn't put up very gaudy numbers through through the air. He was great last week on the ground, 11 carries for 87 yards. But this this Rutgers team is just running the football at will, man. They average 210 yards a game on the ground. Good news is Michigan uh, is is only allowing 81, you know, so it's going to be it, it's going to be a lot of uh old style Big Ten football I think we see here uh, on Saturday but at the end of the day you know Michigan has been prone to to some bigger runs that we've seen and 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 prone to some play action passes with some off coverage so I you know it, it's going to be on the defense to step it up because if they're able to shut down Rutgers rushing attack I, I think they clearly win this game yeah no doubt no doubt I think I think again like I said you know them them being able to stop Gavin Wimsett and, and making him throw the football, um, that's paramount. Obviously, stopping the running back uh, was it Montan guy? Is that his name? Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's Montan guy. I I believe is is how it goes. I might have that completely wrong, but I mean this this is a kid who's got over a hundred more yards rushing than Blake Corum through three games. Exactly, exactly. So that'll be paramount. So I I think stopping the run. And stopping the quarterback run will be paramount. And then, you know, if you can get him to throw or get him in some some third and sevens, third and eights, yeah, you know, you might be able to get Will Johnson an interception. You might be able to get uh, Josh Wallace, Mike Sandra still an interception. You might be able to put some pressure on the quarterback and sack him a little bit. So that's that's the key to to 
you know, basically pushing them off schedule and and making sure that that he gets into some tough and you know third and long situations. Uh, I think you just hit the absolute nail on the on the head. You have to get them off schedule. That's going to be absolutely the key uh, here to to get in the victory here this week. You have to keep them behind the chains. You you cannot allow four yards a rush all the way to nickel and dime you down down the field. You have to get them behind the chains, get them off schedule, and force them into third and intermediates and third and longs. You have to contain Wimsat, uh, which you know. We'll see how Jesse Minter likes to play it, but we've seen you know um, quarterbacks be able to to break contain, particularly in the first half uh, last year. You know, um, but ultimately, you know, Michigan's been pretty good against it here this year. And this is look, man, I, I think Michigan wins this game, but it is probably going to be stressing you out while you're watching this on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's similar to the Maryland game last year. I think it's yeah. it's a situation where maybe they get down a little early or. To get up fourteen nothing, and then all of a sudden, and then you're like, "Why is the offense stalling 10, out?" You know, well, yeah, yeah. Why is the offense stalling out? It's fourteen ten, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh shit!" You know, we have we have a little bit of a game here, um, but then Michigan pulls away late, kind of like good teams do, um, and and we we look at you know jj mccarthy getting back on on track maybe donovan edwards breaks one and we finally see that breakaway speed uh and i i think you know if we're going to do predictions which i'm sure we will before we get out of here um i think it's i think it's a good game uh until you know midway through the third quarter i think michigan pulls away but well, it's going to be interesting to see how Michigan attacks this Rutgers defense, right? Because you take a look at it, and they've been so stout against the run, man. They're uh, they're allowing less than 70 yards a game on the ground, but they are allowing over 200 a game through the air. So how is Michigan going to attack this? Are they going to run that that game plan that they like to do where they're just going to, they're going to run the football and they're going to try and wear you down? And, you know, I think the first scripted drive of the game is going to be good, kind of like we saw against Iowa a year ago or even last year or last week against Bowling Green. Of course, uh, it, it was Blake Corum ripping off the big run, but are, are they going to run the football, run that inside zone, try and wear down that defensive line for the second half? Or are they going to say, hey, Rutgers might have some deficiencies in that secondary. We're going to go out there and let J.J. sling this a little bit. I'm very curious what the offensive game plan is going to look like on Saturday. I want to see some more runs to the outside. I feel like they they love to run in between the tackles, and I I agree with them. Usually, you can man up and you can you can run in between the tackles just because your guys are better than their guys, and yeah, that does work. But I want to see some runs outside. Keep the defense honest. If you know that if you know that you're they're going to run up the middle, they're just going to stack the box. And if you're going to run into that, yeah, you could have some success if the offensive line is doing what they're supposed to. But if they're not, you could end up for a, with a tackle for a loss. And now all of a sudden you're in a third and 12 and J.J.'s got to sit back there and you got to worry about him potentially getting injured, um, you know, from the pass rush or having to throw it away or throw an interception. So I think being able to run to the outside, being able to get Donovan Edwards out wide, maybe getting him the football while Blake Corm's in the backfield, some play action. Um, I think that is how you get that defense uh, to bite a little bit on the on the run, and you hit someone over the middle for a you know fifty five yard gain. That's the, the crossing routes. I think are going to kill Rutgers in this game. I do. Yeah, and hey, man, at the end of the day, if the fastest guy on the field, Roman Wilson, is going to continue to ball out 
and and beat them. Don't worry about spreading the ball around. Get the ball to number one and let him work his magic. He can catch yep. all the touchdowns this year. That's totally fine, fine with me and probably everyone else. Absolutely. I think the tight ends will get a, uh, a look in this game as well. I think, you know, Colson Loveland, A.J. Barner, those guys are going to be huge, I think, in this game, um, especially because J.J. threw a couple picks in the last game, you know, maybe getting getting the ball out to those guys quick and letting those guys work their magic. You know, Colson Loveland, pretty reliable. A.J. Barner, we haven't seen a whole lot from yet, but we'll see uh, where that goes going forward. But, yeah, I think I think that maybe some jet sweeps to, to keep the defense honest. I know we've had some success with that with Cornelius Johnson at times. Roman Wilson's another guy that could probably carry the ball. Hell, you could put out Donovan Edwards out wide and have him do a jet sweep just to keep the defense and make him try and go laterally. So I'm interested to see what happens there. Obviously, the last couple meetings have been kind of dog fights. Um, yep. Down at Rutgers last year, I was at that game. And then the year Rutgers before, was winning at halftime. They were. They were. I remember like walking around the concourse. I'm like, are we actually going to lose to yeah. these bums? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? But regardless of the situation, tough game down there last year, tough game in the big house two years ago. So Michigan's going to have their uh, Rutgers is going to have Michigan's full attention in this game. And I really do think Michigan pulls away late. I think they don't cover, but they get close to covering. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be an ab- absolute uh, rock fight. I, I think Michigan is going to shut down Rutgers offense in the second half, similar to what we saw last year where, where the defense uh, really compounds, but I, I think it is. I, I think this is more of a, 10 to 17 point win for Michigan than it is a a 30 point win and covering the spread. So yeah, man, I, uh, I I think Rutgers is going to give the Wolverines a battle here this week. Uh, But obviously it's also Michigan has the potential to, to beat them pretty good. We'll see what this team looks like with the full coaching staff, you know, at, at the end of the day for the first time this season. So no doubt, no doubt. And do you, what's the over or under for Mike Barrett interceptions in this game? Because last year, I think he had three. Did he, I, I know he had, I think he had two picks. He had one pick six for sure. Two pick sixes. That's what I thought. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. it was uh, it, it, it was crazy. So, well, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Great, great Saturday of college football across the country, man. Looking forward yeah, to it. Tyler, Tyler Seeley, where can we find you on uh, social media, man? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you get your podcast. We do appreciate it. And check out all of our wonderful shows here on the Block M Podcast Network. So for Tyler Seeley, I'm Luke Yardy, and we'll see you next week on Feeling Blue. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.